All righty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Eagle Eye podcast. I'm your host, Ivan Pineda. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, uh, Mr. Dylan Jimenez. Hello. Hello, old man. How are you doing? Good, good, good. It's Tuesday. Hope everyone got their tacos and hope everyone's ready because, boy, do we have a show tonight. Obviously, coming off a result against Pachuca, we'll be digesting and uh, dissecting that game as well. We'll go through everything that we thought went well, what went bad, and uh, what needs to change. Because, of course, as we all know, this Sunday we have uh, the first Clásico of the year against Pumas. So the Clásico Capitolino uh, were away. So uh, lots and lots and lots to talk about. Hopefully everyone is having a great Tuesday and a great week at that as well. Hopefully you guys are ready and tuned in. And uh, let's jump straight in. So uh, this Saturday was our first home match against uh, Pachuca in the Estadio Azteca. Uh, the big news was whether or not we would see any of the refuerzos in the bench. Uh, they said no. Uh, they were in the tribunas. Um, but uh, let me get your thoughts and your emotions going into this matchup uh, right before the before the first half whistle. Game yeah, right? I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, like, um, like you know, I I missed the first half. You know, I couldn't catch the first half. So like, um, I didn't start watching the game until about about so, and um, uh-huh. I yeah. So like, um, it was kind of like uh back and forth there to me because I was also eating at the same time while I was watching the game. So like, I was looking back at the TV. <laughs> so I mean, like. <laughs> Um, not being able to watch the whole game kind of kind of throws me off a little bit, you know. I'm, I'm really giving a, a a good say into how I feel about the game and how I feel about the whole squad overall. Um, it looked it looked pretty over um open overall from what I saw, but there were just too many mistakes at the same time, especially in the back line, and especially from seeing that Edson Alvarez, you know, you know, not him not having a good game at all. Um, you know, one one thing I I kind of want to bring up in this podcast too is uh, questioning the consistency of the back line and who's going to be the consistent performer that we're going to see who's going to play week in and week out. Yeah, I think it's uh it's actually something that we should note. It's very early in the season as of now. Uh, it is only our second game into 2018 and into this tournament. So. To, for us to start losing our heads, maybe not just yet, but there is that uh, daggling question exactly who is going to be the back line and who's going to be that consistent starter. Of course, everyone, everyone was uh, missing Pablo Aguilar, especially the way that the uh, that the result ended up going. Um, so let's just go in and let's talk about the matchup. I know you didn't get to see the first half incomplete. Of course, uh, you had uh, an, a couple of uh, things going on. Uh, you say you jumped in, in around the 50th minute, but uh, lineups came out. And uh, what were you, what were your thoughts? Let me read it out to you. So in goal, we had Marchesin. Uh, the back four was Paul Aguilar, Bruno uh, Aguilera, Vargas. It looked like we were going to go with a solid uh, a four-man midfield, which was looked like it was going to be Renato, uh, Mateo Uribe, Guido, Darwin. And then up top, we had uh, Henry and uh, Peralta. So uh, what were your initial thoughts when you saw that lineup? I felt like it was a strong lineup. Um, it was a lineup that was going to take us to get three points, you know, being our first home game. And it, it, it was a good lineup. It was a solid lineup. Um, it's just, you know, um, questions are, are kind of concerning, you know, what, what went wrong in this formation. 
I think uh, when the lineup came out too, I think everyone was pretty pretty much in okay because it, it is the best lineup that we can put out with the players that we have at the moment. Of course, we still have two great players to add to this team, and whether or not they'll fit in the system, we'll have to wait uh, for Miguel Herrera to figure that out. But at the time being, it looked like it was a good lineup, except there was one thing or one player, one key uh, difference in this squad. And that was the uh, iteration of Daron Quintero, which it looked like he was going to play on the left wing. But after everything started going, it looked like he sort of kind of drifted towards the middle and kind of had a free roam area. Not really a center attacking mid and not really uh, a center forward. Uh, It looked like Henry Martin then uh, drifted off to the uh, the wide wing on the left, just the way he did against Querétaro. And after that, it looked like it was more of a a four two one three because Renato, of course, iterated himself up forward too. So uh, let me just run down the first half exactly how things went. Uh, America started off lively. America started off strong, and after just a minute and thirty seconds into the match, we get a penalty. Uh, of course, Henry Martin does well to get himself in front of the defender. Gets taken down, referee blows the whistle. Now at that stage, at that point, you think, perfect, this game is going exactly how you want it to go. And then up steps Orie Peralta, your captain. Great. That's the one person you want taking a penalty. Someone that who is confident on the ball and someone who can definitely give you a result. And he goes up, takes the penalty, and then uh, I like most of us know he misses the penalty now the first thing that comes to your mind is frustration why because this has been going on from uh last season and the season previous there is no penalty taker in america there is no one player who can come in and take that so i know you didn't see that but if you were to see that at the moment and you saw Oriya Peralta miss in the first two minutes of the matchup what could be the first goal and that could uh you know really turn the game on its head uh, what what would your thoughts have been? Um, like you said, he's a captain. I'll iterate it the most. You know, I'll, I'll say it over and over and over. Um, you know, this is the guy that led the team in goals uh, last tournament. This is the guy that you need to see the leadership and who, for people to follow. And you know, just for that penalty, you know, it's it's probably frustrating. You know, it's probably a little upsetting too. Um, the guy that that is leading this team and that Bielho trusts in leading this team. And so, you know, it's not something that you want to see. You know, you want to see your captain, you know, performing at his best. And, you know, we didn't get to see Oribe perform possibly possibly at his best yet so far, even though he's despite him scoring, scoring a goal in this game. Good mention, good mention. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Oriol Peralta. I think he fits into a category of those players who maybe lacked in that matchup and uh, didn't really show that he was the brightest uh, player of the bunch. But we'll we'll discuss that towards the end of uh, of this match review. So, like you mentioned, uh, Oriol Peralta then gets on the scoreboard a little bit later. It's, uh, I believe, on the 13th, 15th minute of the match around that time. Uh, Renato Ibarra does a great run, uh, is able to maneuver past a couple players, and then, you know, Slaughters a, a a good ball outside the the 18-yard box for you, but I just, just kind of curve that ball in. Uh, great goal, and you think to yourself, yes, we're back in this. Oriol Peralta's back in this. We're made from our, from our mistakes. We look the better team from those opening 15 minutes of the matchup. I want to say opening 20. It looked like America knew what they needed to do. It looked like they were motivated. There was a passion, and you just saw the way that they were playing. After the goal, after... It just seemed like everything just crashed afterwards. 
We saw time and time again, America get dispossessed off the ball. They did not know how to cope with Pachuca's pressure. This is a Pachuca that defended from the opening 15 minutes of the matchup. And once they got caught off with America's speed, they knew that they had to go and attack America. They made us nervous. They made us look sloppy. And each individual pass that had to go in the final third, it looked like we could not get a good ball through. Uh, Pachuca pushed us and kept us inside our own field for about another 20, 20 so minutes because it looked like Pachuca were the better side at the end of the first half. Uh, if it wasn't for the facts of Marchesin and a post, I mean, Pachuca could have definitely gone into that game leading two to one. Uh, that's not to say that we didn't have our chances. Henry Martin had a very good opportunity to put the ball into the back of the net towards the end of the, ha- uh, of the first half. And Darwin Quintero, yes, Darwin Quintero, uh, almost had himself a goal as crazy as that does sound, uh, off a free kick. So we had opportunities, but it was not good enough. Uh, Pachuca, uh, were outright the better team in the first half and maybe in the whole game, I would want to say. Um, we looked nervous. And I think the worst part about it was America started looking really, really bad after Paul Aguilar left. So Paul Aguilar gets, uh, looks like he pulls a hamstring or, or something, uh, just kind of asks for his subs right away. And it's an Alvarez then, of course, comes in. He, not to play his most natural role, which is, uh, his center back or center defensive mid, but to play a role that he's had to play previously under Ricardo Lavolpe and a little bit under Juan Carlos Osorio as right back. Um, right away, you could see that this kid was not having it. Uh, just absolutely was a little bit lost, whether it was position, whether he was not ready, or whether there is uh, things outside the pitch that are keeping his mind off the game. Um, he wasn't deemed to start, and I think we saw exactly why. He was not up to par. Um, I know this is quite of a shocking thing because you and I hail Edson Alvarez to the utmost, just like most Americanistas do, and to see him struggle like this uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what, what happened. You know, he just kept getting dispossessed. So, um, like I was mentioning, America loses the ball prematurely. We, we can't get anything going. And it looks like, for the for the most part, Pachuca will equalize. We get lucky enough. Ref blows the whistle after 45 minutes. We are still on top. Uh, what do you think the halftime team talk is from Miguel Herrera to his players, knowing that you have the 1-0 advantage, but you don't deserve it, and you're... You're getting outplayed in your own stadium. Uh, if it was me, I would, I would have to tell him, you know, guys, we got to hold possession. Um, we got to pass better. We got to play better, you know, as a team. You know, sure. Obviously, you know, they needed, they needed an insurance goal too, which was highlighted from Henry Martin. And, you know, but it came like a later time, you know, because uh, I believe it was already 1-1. By the time uh, Henry Martin scored. And you yeah. needed that goal way before, way before Pachuca scored. You know, if going two 0 up is is totally different from going up, and so <clears throat> um, better possession, better football playing from the team, which uh, we kind of really didn't see either. It was kind of the same for first half as apparently from what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and uh, twenty of those who do follow us on Twitter and did follow us through the live tweet, um, you guys saw my halftime thoughts and reaction were: if America wants to hold on to this lead, if they want to pursue and win this game, America has to come out the same way they came out in the first half. They have to come out strong, willing, and focused. 
They have to get the ball, retain the ball, and make Pachuca work for it. You know, Pachuca was the one moving the ball. America had to be doing that because at the end of the day, America looked the more tired team because Pachuca made it so that they were the more tired team. Pachuca moved the ball around. America had to chase the ball. If that was another way around, we could have easily seen an America victory of three, four goals easily because, I mean, you know, the team had it in them. The team definitely had it in them, but it looked like their spirits broke towards the end of the of the second half. But let's move on and and, and let's talk about the second half because this is a very very important part of the game. Uh, first, uh, second half kicks off. It takes only about two minutes for Pachuca to get themselves on the ball and press America back in. They win a corner and off a corner, America gets scored on. Of course. Well, I, I think Marchesin definitely has the has has the biggest blame in this goal. Uh, I don't know if were you able to watch, were you able to see the highlight of that goal? Oh yes, I did see the highlight goal. You know, it's a uh, disappointing to see Marchesin uh, make that mistake a little bit. You know, um, this is probably one of arguably one of the best keepers in the Liga Mekis with America, and just to see person of that elite make that kind of mistake is kind of disappointing a little bit, you know, because um, this is our number one keeper. This is a guy that, you know, Munoz's spot. And so, you know, you want to see this guy perform week in, week out. You, you know, keep the mistakes as minimal as possible. This is a mistake that could have been avoided. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it was frustrating. but and, and more because, you know, he had an amazing save in the first half. Um, absolutely amazing save. So for him to do this in the second half, it was frustrating. It was like, what's going on? Um, you obviously are mad at Marchesin, but you also have to look back at that play. It's impossible to think that straight after a couple of minutes off of kickoff, Pachuca is able to get the ball into your half and pressure you so much that you give away a corner kick. And, you know, granted, anything could happen. And, and of course, unfortunately, Marchesin has that, that, that mistake. But... At the end, you know, you, uh, it's it's a it's a collective uh, group effort, and I think the the team definitely uh, looked looked pretty bad on that. So, um, yeah, Pachuca score, and it it just doesn't look any better for America after that. You think there'd be an initial reaction where things get better, but it doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, America still losing the ball. America are still not looking their best side, and again, Edson Abades looks very very. Uh, poor. Uh, there was moments where he was trying to play the ball and just kind of run out the line in in his own half, in his own third, and Pachuca would just steal that ball. And if it wasn't for Pachuca's uh, not that good uh, choice in the final third pass, I think America could have easily lost this game a lot more worse uh, than actually getting a draw off of this. So, uh, we pick it up around the 50th minute of the match. That's when you get to see, you get to start watching the game. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are you, what are you thinking once you're seeing how America's playing at this point? Now, it was frustrating, you know, cause um, you know, after um, I got done doing what I'm doing, I won't pick up my food. And then I, that's whenever we kind of talked about, um, we, we see the goal lit up so early, you know, one, two minutes into the game. And, you know, it's, it's I'm already frustrated to see that. I'm like, how are we going to give up a goal? So quickly, then the second half has started. And so, you know, after seeing the game going on and going on, you know, it was just frustrating to see dispossessed after dispossessed, every player getting dispossessed, you know. And um, Edson wasn't making it even better for me, you know, seeing this kid, like like you said, that me and you praise, stuff like that. So 
it was just it was just frustrating overall. And then it it seemed like it was going to get a little better after that Henry Martin goal, but then you know the pressure kept coming. You know, um, Edson made that mistake, letting in that goal that I and it, it was just a frustrating overall. No, yeah, I I I completely agree with you. Um, it, it was frustrating because this was an America that lacked any form of possession, which in a game against Pachuca, you needed to hold on to that ball. Uh, We saw that this was an issue again in the Querétaro game. It was the first game of the season. We kind of made it slide by like, okay. But now you see this again happening in your own stadium against a rival that you, in theory, should be beating against the way they performed in the first, uh, in their first matchup. Um. But that's it. I mean, you you have only yourself to blame for. Of course, it looked like uh, things started to get better after Darwin Quintero came off the pitch for uh, Joe Benny Corona. Um, again, a situation where Darwin did almost absolutely nothing to contribute to the squad except that free kick, and that's it. That's pretty much it. I mean, it's frustrating, I, and, and we'll talk more a little bit about Darwin's situation with America, but at the end of the day, it's 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 it, it was sad just to see how how poor Darren Quintero is performing at this stage of the season. Uh, so Joe Corona comes in, we get another player to kind of help out in the midfield, so Guido isn't so by himself, which gives more of a liberty of Mateo Seriba to to utilize his wing and what he prefers to do, which is play out wide and go forward. Uh, which we saw him get the ball. It looked like he was hungry just as much as Henry Martin was. Of course, Henry Martin did not have the brightest of games in the first half. It looked like he was losing a little bit the ball too easily, uh, did not make a couple of runs, and was kind of misinterpreting uh, what what the body language of his of, of, of his teammates. Um, but you know, let's 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 run down the goal. I think I think the goal get, uh, is a very very good goal. Because it shows a lot of determination and passion from both uh, Uribe and Henry. Uh, so, you know, Mateo Uribe gets the ball and just whips a, 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 a ball down the line into uh, the 18-yard box. At this point, I think, I don't know about what your opinion is, but I think at this point, a Leon player is going to come and just clear that ball. It looks like there's no one really in there to, to finish it off. But off the corner of my eye... I see Henry Martin just kind of just sprint. Like he just full on sprints, beats his defender, gets to the ball in front of him and finishes it off uh, to score the 2-1 victory. I From there, uh, that goal really spoke a lot about Henry uh, Henry Martin's uh, not only characteristic, uh, character, but exactly what it means to him and you know what it means for him to be playing at this level with this team and what he's willing to do to contribute to the squad. So, uh, the goal meant a lot more than just getting that 2-1 victory, uh, that 2-1 advantage. It meant that it was a Henry Martin that is determined to, you know, shut all the naysayers and win himself a starting position in this, in this side. So what were your, what was your initial reaction when the goal went in? Um, yeah, I was just, I was excited, man. I will, you know, that's whenever I thought, man, things are going to pick up a little bit, you know, we're actually going to hold possession more. We're going to, we're going to hold this, you know, it's, I thought it was kind of almost done. You know, we're going to win 2-1. But, yeah, I mean, you, you see Henry Martin, this guy, this guy's eating, man. This guy, this guy's hungry, man. And, you know, just coming from Cholos, you know, well, got a little excited to have him too as well. And we've seen him perform 
week in, week out almost, you know, with his goal last week and then the goal against Pachuca too as well. You know, this guy's this guy's in form right now. You know, we got to play him. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely see the, the kid is hungry, and I love that about him. He uh, he is not proven. He is not determined. Uh, people are not determined to give him that uh, time of day, but he is proving himself, and I just hope he keeps going in this form because he reminds me a lot of a uh, of a certain Raul Jimenez who uh, kind of was hungry too, and, and look what happened to him. So I feel like if Henry Martin can keep going and just keep going and stay hungry, I, I think we can see the best out of Henry Martin. Um, and I think you're right. It, it painted out for us to get that victory. It, the, the goal came in the 75th minute, which meant there was only 15 minutes for America to hold out. All America had to do was literally hold the ball, touch, the, touch it around, let Pachuca chase you. A space will be open. And you can score another goal, which almost kind of happened. I think uh, Cecilio Dominguez came in for Renato Ibarra around the almost 80th minute of the match. And Cecilio Dominguez almost had himself a goal. But, you know, again, another player that did not look up to par. Cecilio Dominguez kind of lost the ball a little bit too much. His runs were not perfect. Um, had a pretty good shot that, uh, that Blanco uh, was able to save. Uh, but besides that, America still let off. America still let Pachuca get the ball. And America were still very, very sloppy in the final third and in the midfield. Whereas Pachuca decided that they were not going to, you know, settle down and, and, and take the L. And they, you know, pushed forward. They made America nervous. They pressured us. And look what happened. We, we get sloppy, you know. And Pachuca's goal comes in the 88th minute off a cross where Edson Alvarez, as the right back, should be picking up. The winger coming in does not. He is marking his center back zone. So he wasn't even man marking at that point. He was zonal marking. And you can see that he was so focused and he's so used to that position that he wasn't able to break off of that and see that there was an on there was a man coming in from behind because he's usually has Paul Aguilar right there. So he has not to worry about anything. So of course he he lets off his man. The the Pachuca player then heads it back in for Victor Guzman, who just uh, kind of just, you know, hits it a little bit fun- uh, funky and the ball creeps in and it's uh, it's 2-2 and the game ends at, you know, just a couple minutes after that. Pachuca almost had themselves a third goal if it wasn't for a great Marchesin save, but it's 2-2. What uh, I want to get your thoughts on the Pachuca second goal and what you thought about Edson's marking at that point. And then uh, your your thoughts and feelings once the final whistle went and you and then we get that two two result. Oh yeah, I mean, really upsetting, you know, to see that. See, he's such a good kid that me and you praise. You know, this kid's as old as me. He's twenty years old. I'm twenty years old. So I mean, this kid's the next big thing. You know, possibly plays Hector Moreno in that back line. But you know, he's so versatile too as well. You know, it's just that. How how much how many times has has he got reps with this with this team you know right there besides whenever Lavope was with him you know like in this spot real quick you know he had he didn't go into this game saying oh you know Boggy is going to get hurt I'm going to go play right back you know so it, it's disappointing at the same time but at the same time you know um bad game it's still early in the tourney too as well and you know it it, it sucks to see uh america twitter go off you know wanting edson's head just for this you know i mean 
understand why you why you would be upset about it, but just just one game, you know, I feel hard feel bad for the kid. You know, I wouldn't want no hate tweets coming at me if if that was me. I know that for sure. So do you you do you think that the fans uh, should maybe let off a little bit, or do you think they have uh, the right to kind of be uh, kind of be saying, hey, uh, you know, uh, you know what the f uh, Edson Alvarez? What, what do you what do you stand on this? Because you know, a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people were calling for Edson Alvarez's head in a in a sense. So uh, you know, I, I know you say that they should take it easy, but do you think that they have at least this? You know, are they in the wrong to to ask of Edson? for for better or 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 not no i mean you know i wanted the same thing too because you see this you see you see him have such a great tournament last um last tournament too well in the aventura and so you, you want you don't want to see these kids making mistakes you know this this guy's probably going off to europe here pretty soon and you know probably because of um the position he was playing too as well you know, him playing right back you know but like um that that too much you know we've seen him play with the with the love open and then we've seen him playing with the national team too as well but i mean like this this is this this is his first game back of the season you know he's making you in the season and you're gonna stick him in whenever barguilar goes down as such as such right about in the middle of the first half you know it's just it just seems kind of like he's a little bit not necessarily like like oh like like he's barely making his first start, you barely making his first sub in, you know. But my, like, it's his first game back. Maybe he just wasn't prepared as much to him thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna play right back today." You know, maybe he wanted to see some time at midfielder or this uh, see back line, you know, next to Aguilera or possibly Valdez too as well. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I get the point. You know, you're upset. You know, this kid probably blew us the lead you know I mean, who knows what would have happened really we can't really say that I mean, he blew us the lead but I mean, at the same time you know and send them back to the u20s too as well i mean, like i don't want to see this kid go back to u20s this kid this kid <laughs> has quality to play first team football I and mean, we've seen that before and we're just gonna blame him over one game just have him back send back to the u20s i mean he needs. I think he needs to stay with first team football. I mean, I, I'm not going to complain about him over one game, you know, even though he's had such a bad game. Well, that's true. I mean, uh, there's also a thing to note that he is only 19 years old. So, I mean, uh, granted, I, I, uh, he, yeah, I mean, he does have the. You do make a point where you know he's only a kid. You know, he's he he. he you know, give him cut him a little slack. But at the same time, um, I like the fact that people are on his back. Uh, he knows what institution he's playing for. He knows that the fans are very, um, very passionate and that they demand results. And that uh, if you're a player who has shown talent and form, there is really no excuse as to why you can't perform day in and day out. If that is your job. Um, I get that from that point of view from the fans, because I, you know, as, as, you know, we're both fans and we both want to see the players who step on that pitch give everything for that jersey. And I think Ensign Alvarez is one of the players who do. Now, of course, there was a reason why he wasn't in the starting 11. Miguel Herrera did not uh, deem him fit for the match. Not to say that he was out of shape or anything, just he was not match ready in Piojo's eyes. And I think Piojo was correct to leave him out. Um, who knows exactly what was going on? I know Miguel Herrera spoke out today saying, uh, because a lot of people 
said that Ansel Alvarez was, you know, not ready because of his new girlfriend and that he was going to be sidetracked because of her and this and that. And okay, I, but I think it's fair to say that you can separate, you know, your personal life away from your, you know, career uh, as a soccer player. You know, you have 90 minutes on the pitch where you give everything that it is to play. And then outside of that, then, you know, you have the right to live your, enjoy your life. And that's what Pio Herrera said. He said, I'm not going to say no, don't have a girlfriend. You know, he can do what he wants. But I also ask of him to be match ready, to be 100% focused. And you, like you mentioned, this is a kid that a lot of people wanted him in Europe. And it, scout, and, and, and it ran throughout this whole January transfer window, too. Edson Alvarez could possibly leave America. So that also got into his head a little bit, Pio Herrera said. So, you know, the, the coaching staff sat down, and Miguel Herrera talked to Edson Alvarez. They spoke, and he set him straight. He told them, look... You're going to be here. You're going to be committed 100%. When the time comes for you to lead to Europe, we will not we will not say no to that. But at this point, you're an America player. You should focus and be 100% dedicated as an America player and kind of not, not have, you know, those outside thoughts. And I think it's important for us to note that because he is only 19 years old. Um, I mean, what 19-year-old would not be distracted with, you know, if they were to say like, you know, this big European team is looking for you. I mean, it's granted to say, I think anyone would be tempted to as well. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. Um, but I mean, just like he can't be just so distracted, you know? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like me and you, me, me, me and you have praised him, you know, we've talked good about this, guy, but it, it just sucks to see him have such just one bad game. And then people, people just already call for his head. And some people want to see him back to the U twenties. And you know, maybe you know, and not necessarily like you said, physically fit and like that. But like, what would happen maybe if her and Edson and Miguel Herrera decided to sub him in with like thirty minutes, twenty minutes to play? Could we have seen another different performance from Edson? Yeah, yeah. I think the fact that you know, it's 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 all mental at at some point. You know, it's uh, you know, you're coming in 30 minutes to go and you probably have a result and you're going to be playing either center defensive mid or center mid or uh, center back, excuse me. You go in and you kind of just kind of say, okay, yeah, this is, this is definitely my position. But I think the fact that he was brought into the right back position and brought in so early into the match, uh, it might have set him off a little bit. But still, you want to see this kid perform. You don't want to see him get dispossessed off the ball so easily, making rookie mistakes i know he is still technically a rookie but there are stuff that you expect someone who just got promoted from the u20s mistakes to make and there is the type of mistakes you kind of make sometimes in the games but he was making those kind of rookie mistakes that you would not see from Edson Alvarez. of course we are kind of blowing this a little bit out of proportion it's only one game he did get subbed in right away the kid was not definitely ready Let's give it until next game. He probably will start because it looks like Pablo Aguilar is not going to be in for the the Pumas game. So it looks like uh, Edson Alvarez could be starting at right back. If not, uh, probably Bruno Valdez and push him into the center back position role, Edson. So the result is in. It's 2-2. Um, are you frustrated? Are you mad? What are your thoughts after the referee blows the final whistle? Um, you can ask uh, anybody in my house, uh, kind of banging against the table, <laughs> seeing that, 
go go in to tie it up. So um just frustrated overall. Um one thing that I kinda bring up, you know, is like um uh, in this back line. Who's gonna who's gonna who are gonna be the players to consistently play week in, week out and give a good performance week in and week out too as well. Because, you know, um, looking through comparing stats between the Quiretaro game and the Pachuca game, and you know, the only player that's, that stands out to me that's been consi- pretty consistent is Aguilera. Um, really? Really? Yeah. Re- re- yeah, because, uh, okay, um, I got the stats from the Quiretaro game. Um, uh, Aguilera um, has a 7.0 rating from the Quiretaro game. And he had four clearances, three interceptions, two tackles, and 89% passing rating with a 7.0 match rating overall. Okay. And, um... And comparing to the Pachuca game, he had a seven point two. Well, it's just, I, it's, it's just, I don't. Um, who's gonna be the consistent? You know, and it's just him that sticks out to me so far. You know, I, I can't really say anything about Bargilad. You know, because Bargilad obviously injured. Sub, you know, he didn't get to play the full ninety minutes like like we know he would. You know, Bruno Bruno kind of had a six point three match rating against Querétaro. 7.4 against the uh, no wait I have those backwards I have those backwards he had a 6.3 against Pachuca but a 7.4 against Querétaro and then Carlos Vargas ended with a 6.7 and a 7.6 against Querétaro and you know I just want to this just being the consistency you know um if um it's just who who's gonna be consistent who's gonna play week in and week out that's just my question you know because I want to see somebody who's gonna gonna have, keep the clean sheet you know. And yeah, can 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 we say can we say uh, the clean sheet was there for against Pachuca? I mean, possibly could you know maybe if we weren't getting dispossessed and everything and and having um, mistakes in the back line and in the midfield a little bit being dispossessed and keeping possession. Yeah, I, I think that's a very good point to point out. Um, I think we don't have a starting center backs partnership just yet. One, uh, the fact that it looks like Edson Alvarez might fit in that center back role. He might fit in the center defensive, uh, center defensive mid role. We don't know yet. It's too early to tell. Um, unfortunately, Paola Aguilar gets injured. That throws things off a little bit. Uh, Miguel Aguilar said it's not a big injury. They do not want to risk him against Pumas. They want to give him that rest. So. It, it it should be interesting to see how is our you know our 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 back line I'm gonna go. Um, I would want to say that the partnership is gonna be Bruno and Aguilera. Um, but hear me out. I would not be surprised if we end up going to a back five and we see Edson, Bruno, and Aguilera. Okay, and you would keep um uh, Carlos Vargas on the left still. Yeah, yeah, you definitely keep uh, Vargas on the left, and then who be on the right when he's fit on the right? On the right okay, when he's fit. And, yeah. Okay, so so oh, I guess we could talk about um a possible lineup whenever we get to the previewing the Pumas match too as well. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 we'll, we'll talk lineups then. Um, I think just to close this out, um, what are your what are your final thoughts overall about this Pachuca game? Frustration. Just frustration. Frustration. Yeah. Just frustration. Yeah, everyone can agree with that. Uh, frustration. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's two points dropped rather than a point gain. Um, I mean, if you want to be a little bit more optimistic, uh, we're still unbeaten. Four points out of six is uh, not the worst start in the world. We, at this point, in the Apertura, we only had three points. So, I mean, 
you know, kind of take that as you want it. Um, obviously, should have done better, could do better, and hopefully will do better. Um, at the end of the day, yeah, uh, I, I guess I, I, I end on the same note. Frustrating, very frustrating. America should have taken away three points, yeah, especially you're at home, you know. you I mean, give the fans at least that much. Um, unfortunately, uh, the team looked also very tired, very fatigued, very lazy towards the end of the end of the of the game so i hope you know that's getting worked on um and yeah i guess just kind of you know it just sucked really so hopefully america can do better we have the classical capitolino which we will jump to uh after we talk uh transfers so uh i guess that's a good way to shift over to the fact that uh we have some players that will probably not be leaving this season Obviously, the big names that were many people were calling for was Silvio Romero and Darwin Quintero. It looked like it looked like on the last podcast we almost were uh, assured that Silvio Romero was going to go to River, to River Plate. It turns out that River Plate did not want to fork up the cash right away. They wanted to make payments, like if Silvio Romero was a car, and wanted to pay him off after a certain amount of years. And America, of course, said, no, we are not a dealership and kind of just ended their contracts there. Um, It's just it's it was frustrating uh, because you thought Silver Romero was going to go. River Plate then comes up with this. Um, Did you hear about that or or am I barely, uh, you know, informing you about this? No, you're barely informing me about this. That's the first I've heard of that. So what are your thoughts? I mean, you know, Silvio Romero looked like he was almost going to River Plate. Now the only real team that's lining up for uh, Silvio looks like to be Independiente, but uh, they're not they're not looking to fork out so much cash for the for the Argentinian. Yeah, it's just interesting because you don't see uh, Romero on the bench the past two games. I yeah. kind of wonder, like, is, is he going to get playing time with America if he doesn't go? Yeah, yeah, um, uh, and that was a big, big deal about this game too. Um, it was America had a extra slot for a foreign player on the bench. Miguel Herrera opted to not take uh, Silvio Romero, send him to the tribuna, and uh, I guess kind of making a statement in a way saying he is not part of the team anymore in the sense that he is not in the plans. And it looked like for the meantime that it looked like, well, that means that he's leaving, correct? Well, it doesn't seem to be that way. He, There is no team at this point that will fork enough cash for America to say, okay, take him. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you think America should just settle for, I think they said about $4 million for Silvio Romero? Or should they try to get as much cash as possible? I would, I need, I would just settle for the $4 million if it was me. Because you talk, you talk about when we go ahead and brought up that America isn't the big financial power that they used to be. You know, anything coming your way is now, especially with the uh, trackers on the radar round that you're looking to bring in too as well. Possibly have to sell a player to buy a player. It seems like right now. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, we're not saying that we're brokers or anything that that you know we we know exactly how the financial business goes, but. Um, if, if that's the case that America is maybe not so much worried about the f- money situation, then I think sell Romero, you're still going to get some money off of it. You're going to get him off the, off the wage book, which means you're not going to be playing his wages anymore. That's got to be a bonus. 
Um, and that could definitely be uh, used for another player or, you know, maybe, I don't know what else they could definitely use it for in the club. Um, but just, you know, I, I I think I agree. Take the money, go with it. You know, you may, you may not get the, you know, six, eight million that you wanted for Silvio, but you're getting at least some of it. You're going to get him off your wages. Just, you know, kind of roll with it. And then, you know, it, it'll be what it'll be. And hopefully that means that, uh, you know, we can bring in that extra striker that, you know, we, we also want so much. Yeah, I mean, because you, you look at the likes of the that you have on your radar, you know, like Jackson Martinez, and like you even had Lou DeJong at one point on your radar. So, I mean, like, somebody to get somebody. And, you know, we already have Oribe Pelata, you have Henny Martin, and you have, um, you can also play that striker position and I think Mendes too as well can also play that. So if you keep in if you keep in Romero, you have five strikers across the board right there already. And so I mean, do you really need the five strikers? I mean somebody's gonna somebody's gonna be at the club unhappy with their playing time. You know, either yeah, way. And it's it's they're called uh Rich Marin and uh Alex Silvoro Diaz who uh looks like they're not gonna get any any game time this season. Um very unfortunate. Of course these two obviously come from the Cantera but just kind of really haven't shown the best side of them. Um, going back to the Romero thing and the striker thing, yeah, I think, you know, get rid of him if you can. If you can't, I guess we're going to have to stick with him and, I mean, at least involve him here and there. You never know. He could uh, he could spike and form and, and, you know, have a pretty decent season if if given the case. But um, you, we did, you did talk about strikers. Um, it looks like the latest name to pop up in America's radar is uh, Roberto Soldado. Um, ex uh, Villarreal uh, striker, ex Real Madrid striker too, playing Real Madrid for a while. Um, ex Spurs striker as well too. So uh, what are your thoughts about uh, Roberto Soldado possibly coming to America? He still plays. Yeah, yeah. So the Spanish forwards still play. What? Uh, he's playing in Turkey. He's playing in Turkey right now. Oh my gosh! I thought this guy like retired a while back. Yeah, I didn't know I, he was still around. Yeah, he's not that old actually. I think uh, he's probably like, maybe thirty one or thirty two. Uh, probably Fernando Torres's age too. Um, so I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, Roberto Soldado. To be honest, he is a player that does not fill me with confidence. I feel like he's going to come in and he's just going to be another Silvio. Yeah, I think so too. I think I don't think he's a good option, you know. I think you're better going off possibly getting a Jackson Martinez or uh who were the other two players that we discussed too? I forgot which ones. Uh you know, Mitro- Jackson Martinez. Yeah, Mitrovic and it, it Demba, but even Demba uh, doesn't fill me with confidence. Yeah, even Demba. Yeah, I mean Denver bond like uh in a South uh, um I just feel like there's gonna be like another Romero. Yeah, yeah. I mean team. at this point, America, if you're gonna buy, don't just buy to buy. I mean anyone's gonna be anyone smart enough will tell you not to waste your money like that. Um yeah, I get it. You want to, you know, fill the fans with excitement and be able to give them something, but you don't just buy just because you want you want to bring in a "Quote unquote big name." You bring in Soldado. He is not going to sell the jerseys that you want him to sell. He's not going to be the big name. If you were to bring in like Fernando Torres, that's a whole different story. But I mean, you're kind of getting that the third tier 
of Fernando Torres with with Roberto Soldado, who I mean, granted, had his season at Villarreal, did pretty good, but um, ever since hasn't really been on the radar. So I mean, you want someone good, uh, you know, go out for Mitrovic. I I think he he'd be pretty decent. Uh, but at this point, you know, don't just buy to buy. I think um, it looked like it, well, De Young is definitely a no at this point. They said that he's not leaving the January, but it looks like. Uh, if America wants to pursue him on summer, he's all uh, he's all ours. There goes the panic mode that you said, you know, buying panic. Yeah, that you, yeah. That we talked about too in the last last episode. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's just it, it's just not something exciting that we're hearing right now. Yeah, and look, look. I know the fans want a big name striker, someone who can score and partner up with um with uh, Oribe. Great. But don't just buy to buy. I mean, at this point, I'd rather us wait to get uh, Luke De Jong in the summer and kind of just give Henry Martin, you know, the opportunity to shine than to force a player down the fans' throat that will probably just end up flunking. I mean, you look at a striker that has been mentioned because apparently America has 16 to 17 different strikers on their radar. I mean, you should not have so many strikers on your radar. Just focus on four and try to get those. I mean, you know, at this point, you know, the best option was De Jong. Weren't able to get him. At this point, I think it's Mitrovic. If you can't get him, then go on to the next guy. And if you can't, then just kind of cut your losses there and say, okay, maybe we can bring in, I don't know, maybe another, I don't know, a left back. I don't really want to do that to Vargas, but you know, someone else, if, if you really want to bring in a, another player, if not, then just give him, you know, give him the time. Yeah, man, I can agree. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy right now with the way the squad is, you know, especially with Menez and Ivar Green coming in soon, you know, it's just with everybody, you know, especially with Menez and Ivar Green coming in, how they turn out, how they fit in the squad, other than us kind of being somebody else into at the moment right now too, because uh, we've seen Oribe and Henry Martin, you know, you know, I don't want to just throw Henry Martin off to the side and him just lose his form and then everybody expect uh, him scoring week in and week out. I'm, I'm kind of happy where we're at right now, but, you know, I'm, oh, I wouldn't mind bringing another shot back or two as well. No, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, you know, completely agree with what you said. You know, with the with the whole striker situation on that's going on right now in America. Um, I know, I know, you probably heard about the Raúl Jiménez uh, loan deal that America tried to get through. Of course, fell out because Benfica absolutely said no. Um, just so frustrating to me. Like, let the guy go. I mean, he's just trying to get some game time before the World Cup. Um. Which will lead me on to this question, which uh, I know a couple of viewers will will definitely be thinking this as, or asking this as well. Do you ever think that we could see Raúl Jiménez, Miguel Ayun, or Diego Reyes come back to to Cuapa within the within the coming years? I think so. I think especially if they want to kind of like, um, I guess, you could kind of say their, she could say in a sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, these are three players that are not getting a very good amount of game time right now with their respective clubs at the moment. And, and at Amerika, you know, these guys are these guys are like almost club legends. Not necessarily club legends, but like legends just playing through the team, coming to the uh, Jimenez and probably Diego Reyes, you could probably say almost club legends because they actually grew up with the club and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't think Miguel Ayunda, I, I think he 
years before he had left to Italy. I know he played in Italy for a little bit. Yeah, I think and then he, he came back to America. Yeah, he came off the ranks, I think, from Veracruz. I, I, I'm not too sure, but he played in Veracruz, went to Atlanta, uh, and then came back to, to America. I mean, these these guys already know know the know what the deal is. These guys have um with the national team at least. And so um they they know what's at stake whenever they put on that jersey. They they know how to perform. And so I'd love to have them back, especially Miguel Miguel Ayun probably, you know, but I hate to do that to Carlos Vargas. He's doing pretty good right there, left back position, but you know, if we really need somebody, it's going to be Miguel Ayun that we need. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree with you. Um I I to be honest, I don't want to see these guys back until maybe you know, they want to end their career. Um, but at this point, you know, well, just bring them. I mean, you know, they're having a hard time. They're not the only Mexican that's having a hard time. Um, would have loved to see Jimenez come because it would have gave him game time. It would have got him fresh for the World Cup. Um, would have been great for uh, a Henry Martin, Raul Jimenez, and Oriparata duo or triplet. Um Unfortunately, Benfica did not want to cooperate. They said no, and that's kind of that. Um, I mean, for the fact that Diego Reyes, I think he's starting to win himself back into that team. Let him, let's let's see what he can do, and hopefully the, the manager will respect that and give him more game time. Uh, it's very unfortunate what Miguel Ayun is going through right now. Of course, we know that uh, Porto do not want to let him go. Uh, there's been a... a, a a pretty good number amount of clubs that are interested in the in in the in the left back. Um, starting to see a little game time here and there at Porto, but I think I think he's the one player that every Americanista would at least like to see come back in, in his situation. Regardless of their playing time, you know, you know, Juan Carlos Osorio is going to call them up, you know, for the for the upcoming families and even for the World Cup, you know, regardless of what kind of game time they're getting. Yeah, because I mean they're yeah. Well, Juan Carlos Zario just just um likes Diego Reyes too as well. Yeah, He's for sure getting a call up in again because I mean who else you get to play a left back spot? You know, the only person that comes to mind possibly is Jesus Gallardo. Yeah, obviously he's going to pick Miguel Ayun, and then plus you know Rahul Jimenez is supposed to be the guy that's supposed to after Chicharito probably, but at the moment you know it's kind of hard to say Chicharito is still there being the face of the three. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna take a lot for uh for Chicharito to get knocked out of of being that face and that starter with with Carlos Osorio. Um, we kind of went on a little tangent here, but let's kind of let's kind of close off this transfer talk with uh, two players, uh, Darwin Quintero and Cecilio Dominguez. Darwin Quintero, we know um, America has put a very very expensive price tag on a player who has not uh showed at least to be worth at least half of that uh, price tag that America is asking for. And Cecilio Dominguez reports saying that he has asked uh, to leave the club, yet there is no team that is offering to buy him. What uh, What are your thoughts there? Um, sucks it sucks for them, I guess. They don't <laughs> want to perform, man. Let's just send them to the reserves. Send them on down. Send them on but, down. But no, I mean... I mean, it's just it's it's frustrating too, I guess for the club, you know, because the club got these players for for 
see them perform to help the team win championships. But yeah, you're not seeing them produce like you say have the end product that they that they really need that they we've seen them produce, but just not consistently like we want them to. Yeah, and and it's frustrating. And the most frustrating part about it is we bought Darun Quintero for a ridiculous amount of money. Who in the Pelaez industry thought that was a good idea? Granted, he was a great player in Santos in second. Cecilia Dominguez, what happened to this guy? I mean, it looked like he just fell off the face of the earth and came back as a different Cecilia Dominguez. You know, he, he looked exciting. He looked passionate. He looked hungry at one point. Now it just looks like he's just walking around on the pitch. Like, does he not know the number he is carrying on his back? What that means to a team like this? Like, someone needs to go and tell him, look, either you play up and you play the play to that standard or you change jerseys because it's not acceptable that our number 10 is slouching and looks like he can, you know, it looks like he doesn't even give give a damn anymore. Yeah, no, it's just what's like. I mean, like, you've seen him have, like, what, about maybe four games, good games to start the Apentura. And then he just, like, slowly in his decline, like, he's just, like, at the end of the roller coaster. Where's yeah. the end product from this guy? And, 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 yeah, I mean, he battles some injuries, too, as well and stuff. I mean, but, like, where's the end product from this guy these past two games and, and the previous games before that, too, as well? Yeah, I think if you're nothing there. Yeah, I think if you're going to wear a number 10 jersey, at least live up to it, you know, at least try, show the fans that you're trying. I, I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of Americanistas are frustrated off that, too, because, you know, the 10 is very sacred to us, especially the last big player that, you know, we consider an <laughs> idol to be, of course, you know, it's just, you know. It's, it's it's frustrating. Um, Darwin, of course, I don't think we need to go on on that topic anymore, but, uh, you know, he seems to be a Miguel Herrera player. It looks like we're going to see a lot more of Darwin Quintero. So, I mean, just kind of throwing that out there. People expect to see a lot more of Darwin, unfortunately. But, I mean, hopefully Miguel Herrera can get to this guy because, you know, when he, he can play. We know he can play, just... As a matter of fact, if I'm actually wanting to do so, so um, I'll end the. I, I guess we can end this transfer roundup on this. Um, how much money would you pay for to see Aquatomo Blanco come back from retirement? No, <laughs> oh man, um, give him as much as he wants, man. Give him as much <laughs> as he wants. Give him half my yeah. soul and let the guy take over. Yes, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. I, w- I would agree to that too. I'll give him half myself too. I mean, uh, God. What, uh, man, I, I guess, you know, only podcast where you can dream of a Cuatemo Blanco coming back. <laughs> That's right, man. Only here at, at the Eagle Live podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into uh, our preview of our first Classico, the Classico Capitolino, of course. Uh, quote-unquote, the second biggest Clásico for us Americanistas behind uh, the Clásico Nacional. So we're going up against a very, very good Pumas. Let's be honest. Um, You even texted me on Sunday saying, okay, I think we should be a little nervous about this matchup. They absolutely uh, destroyed a relatively weak 
Atlas, and uh, definitely got a result against Pachuca uh, away at Hidalgo. Um, what's uh, I guess what are your initial thoughts and emotions going into this? It, it is a classico, so uh, what are your what are you feeling coming into this game? I'm feeling a little nervous, you know, uh, Nico Castillo just went off on this game, you know, two goals, one assist is two like that. And this is a healthy Nico Castillo. This isn't Nico Castillo that we saw. This isn't Nico Castillo that we saw in Apertura. This is a guy that, that is coming out hungry too. Uh, score some goals, have an assist, do whatever he can to help the team get the three points. I think you're right. This is a hungry Neri, uh, Neri Castillo. Look at me trying to make him uh, Mexican. Uh, this is a this is a hungry and determined, and looks like he's out for revenge. Castillo, um, obviously, uh, should be definitely the main threat for Pumas. Uh, it just looks like they they've had a pretty good start to the season. Um, the team's looking like they're playing well. What? Uh, I think America should definitely not be candidate as the favorites. I think going into this matchup, everyone's going to think Pumas is coming into this match as favorites, not only because they look better in form uh, with uh, what is it, six points right? they have right now because they won both games, but also they're at home. Um, so let's kind of preview this. Uh, what is your, I guess we'll just go right into this. What is your, what do you think the lineup is going to be uh, for America? It's going to be Machacin in goal, obviously. Um, Edson right back. Uh, Bruno Aguilera. Carlos Vargas. Um, let's see. Yams. This will probably, probably be a little bit of a surprise. But I don't want to see Guido and Joe Corona. Possibly. Possibly both. That's what I'd like to see. And then Uribe. And possibly the left, depending how the formation lines up. And the right, it'd probably be Darren Quintero again. Uh, I hate to say it, but probably will be. And then, and then up top would be Oribe and Henry Martin as well. So, what's your four four two, or what's what's it going? You know, it, it, to me, it's kind of hard to say. Really, I guess you could say it would be a four four two, because I mean, like. After the game, too, as well, you know, we could probably talk about this separately, you know, or, you know, if we run out of time, you know, we don't get to talk about it right now. But, like, the asset is Joe Corona at the moment for America. You know, you see Joe Corona come on for Darren Quintero in the last game, and, and, and look what Uribe did um, did for America. You know, he helped him. he assisted that goal to Henry Martin. You know, he allows him to roam a little bit more freely, you know, like he said, you know, drifting off to the left a little bit, going forward and stuff like that. And, you know, it helped create that goal. Though there's a drive by himself, you know. So, to me, I'd like to see Joe Corona uh, in that starting 11 a little bit, see, see him help back wheel, you know, because that um, podcast, you know, because I'd like to see him one more game. But how much of an asset can Joe Corona be to this starting 11? Um, I think the way Miguel Herrera seems to like him very much, very much so. Um, I think that's a good shout for for players. Um, I had made a uh a starting eleven previously, I think yesterday. Um, with Paulo Aguilar, and now that he is not and he's been confirmed, I think it changes a lot. And 
I'm still I'm still gonna go with this and 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 you know brace with me. I think I think I might be a little bit off, but I think this is definitely a real real possibility. I think Pio Herrera going into this matchup, he is gonna be cautious. He is gonna be a little bit worried, and when that happens. America comes out with a 5-3-2, and I think that's where we're going. We're going with a 5 at the back, 3 in the midfield, and 2 up top. I think starting 11, of course, Marchesin in goal. Right back, this is where it gets a little crazy. Right back, there's no Paolo Aguilar, and I don't think you want to see an Etzel Alvarez playing right wing back. So I think Renati Barra starts there on the right wing back. Uh, Etzel Alvarez, uh, Bruno Valdez, Eric Aguilera, and then, of course, you give Carlos Vargas uh, the left wing back position. In the midfield, in the midfield, I think we're going to see the likes of Cuido Rodriguez, Joe Benny Corona, and uh, Daron Quintero, which Daron Quintero is going to have more of a free role. Um, up top, we're going to see, well, the most likely candidates, which is going to be Henry Martin and um, and Oriol Peralta. What are, your, what, are you, what are your thoughts when I tell you that lineup? No, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you that 5 3 2. You know, like you said, you're more cautious. And, you know, Miguel Head also knows this formation because we've seen him use it in America and also with the national team. And we've seen him get results with this too, as well. Now, it doesn't also mean that we're going to get a positive result. It doesn't mean we're going to get a win with just this, you know. It's just, it's just, my question is, is make the mistakes and possibly get this win too, as well with the draw in this game. Yeah, and I, I think that's why I'm in, uh, Piojo will go with this back five because he might be a little bit worrisome about some mistakes. But if you make a mistake with a five at the back, you kind of have a player here and there that can kind of pick up from that mistake, hopefully. Um, but I think I think they will. I think Piojo will go with that only because I think he will be worried that Pumas is going to be a lot more offensive, and you don't want to risk that with only two center backs. Um, I think, I think America should be worried about, you know, coming off a little bit, uh, nervous. Um, I think, um, look, this is a classical, we know that. So I think the players have to go in with that mentality that nothing matters in a classical, but the determination and how badly you want the result. That said, Seoul has never been a good place for us. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with that. You know, it, it, it's it's hard, you know, being the away team too. Like we always said, it's hard to be in the um being the away team going into somebody else's right now with the three points. Yeah, um, for the longest time I can remember, we have not had the best of luck at Seoul, especially uh, those bright and early uh, twelve o'clock uh noon games. Um, I think really the only you know, kind of good results that I can personally remember was the one where Diego Linus was playing and Cecilio Dominguez got the one on only goal, which was last year. And wow, this is really going to be a long. No, actually, no, this is not I'll actually I take it back. It's it's not that long ago, but um, it was when uh, it was an Liga matchup where we went to Seu and I think we scored like four goals. And Miguel Ayun, I think, got himself a golazo from from a free kick spot. So I mean, you know, but but they're very sporadic. They don't come in bunches. Those 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 results. So um, 
I think America has to be cautious. I think what what do you think America needs to do to walk away with uh, three points in in the Seoul? Which I know sounds like a lot, but what do you think America can do to to end up getting three points? They're gonna have to contain Nico Castillo. Uh, I bring that up time and I mean time and like I told you, you know, um, guy, this is a healthy Nico Castillo. We see what Nico Castillo can do whenever he's a hundred percent. I mean, this isn't going to be the Nico Castillo that you played in the Apertura whenever you whenever you beat them. And this is the Nico Castillo that's going to come out scoring goals, making runs, you know, doing what he can to help the team get the three points. Like I said. Yeah, I think that's very important. Uh, keep Nico Castillo at bay, kind of shut him out from his options. Um, I think America is going to have to be very, very precise uh, with their pressing. Uh, this is a Pumas team that can get you on the break, and that seems to be a little bit quick to the, to the you know, to the ball. Uh, America needs to be smart how they move and kind of dictate the play. You will probably see in America kind of hold off from kind of attacking Pumas, maybe soaking the pressure a little bit. Not ideal, but I think that's Miguel Herrera's tactics. Um, I think America's best way of winning is just get Henry Martin to chase down the ball. He will run and he will chase it. He looks determined. And this is a game where I would want to see Oriol Perata come out as a star player. We didn't show his best of of, of side in against Querétaro or Pachuca, even though he got his goal. Um, I think he has a debt with the fans to perform better, and I think this is his game. Yeah, I mean, possession football too is what we're gonna have to play too as well. And if we can consistently play possession football for the full ninety minutes of the game too as well. Yeah, it's it's not gonna be easy. I think we know it's not gonna be easy. Um, what what do you think is a what do you think is a fair result? What do you think uh, is a reasonable result? What do you think America is going to walk out with? A two two draw. Two two draw. Wow, I don't I don't I don't have so much confidence in the scoring uh, two goals. Um, I will be candidate and be optimistic and say America walks away with a one nil victory over Pumas, and. I won't say who scores the goal, but I think it will be roughly around the 60th minute to 70th minute mark. We score that only goal. Uh, it should. It, it, it's going to be a very, very torturous game to watch because it's going to be a lot of Pumas pressing and, and battering at the door and, and knocking. It's just Manchester is going to have to be on top of it. The defense is going to have to be on top of it. And uh, hopefully the strikers are ready to pounce on when we have an opportunity. But this is something that we should also mention. It looks like we might be able to see a Jeremy Menes or Ibarguen cameo. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited for that. Looking forward to that the most. You know, we've seen them uh, with the Omega Twitter page, you know, see them training and stuff like that. You know, them being on the Medica Twitter page and everything like that. So it's looking good so far. Let's just see if this is one of the questions who do they replace off the bench? You know, um, you know, so it'd be interesting to see who's left off the bench, who was on the bench too, as well. And if they both make the bench too, as well. Yeah, that would be nice and interesting to see. And uh, here's a good shout for you. I think uh, I'm pretty sure Diego Linus is going to make the bench for this game. Okay. Um. Do you, did you like read anything about that or or? Um. He was. 
he was in tra- uh, practice and 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 he looked at he looked up for it and um I don't know it it just it looks like Miguel Herrera was making him uh, do a little bit of the finishing drills uh, so it looks like Miguel Herrera probably will will have uh, Diego Lainez on the bench for this game um, I mean it would be great to see him he's uh, from the youth academy he knows what it's like to play against these these games um obviously a rival um so i mean he he you know and he's always had pretty good performances against pumas so uh would be nice to see uh a diego Linus come in and kind of you know show up and and you know perform which is the most important part so i think uh a lot of good things possibly coming up for america if they play their cards right and uh, i think that's the most important part um Will not be easy. Will definitely not be easy. But hopefully, um, we can definitely uh, we can definitely get away with a victory. So, um, do you want to mention maybe a time where you know we've played at Seoul that you remember walking away with a smile on your face? Actually, I don't even remember one. Actually. <laughs> I'll give you so. one, and this one's this, to this day. I I still remember it very clearly. Um, it was the 2007 or the 2008 uh, Clausura, and um, we went to Pachuca. I mean Pumas uh, to say well, it was a very it was an early game, just the way that they always are, and we won that game one nil, and it was Germán uh, Villa who scored a goal from outside the 18-yard box, I believe, and uh, put the ball past uh, Sergio Bernal, for those of you who still remember who that guy is. Um, and America walked away with three points. And that was, uh, to this day, this that, that game still sticks in my head, and that goal sticks in my head. Uh, America were wearing the, the blue jerseys back then So uh, for that game. So it's always happy to, to go back and think about that game and hopefully get a... Uh, you know, get the same sensation coming up this Sunday, uh, which also has a game, uh, a time change for. So those of you who thought that the game was going to be uh, uh, 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, 12, 12 noon uh, central time, uh, the game's actually been pushed back a couple of hours. So it's going to be uh, 2 p.m. here, 4 p.m. for you. Uh, and I think the reason why they shifted is was so that this obviously it's a classical and uh, they want to uh, utilize this to get as much views as possible because, of course, like we mentioned, it is a big, um, a big, uh, a big opportunity for America to make a uh, debut for the Frenchman Jeremy Menace. Yeah, no, that that's an obvious, uh, pretty good reason too. You know, for Jeremy Menace to debut and Ivari Win too as well, possibly to debut. Awesome. I'll be keeping up, keeping up on my alpha of that. So. Yeah, but it just depends on if I decide to stay here or go home for the weekend, which if I go home for the weekend, I'll probably be surrounded more by uh, American football than Mexican football. <laughs> that is true. It is uh, It's getting to that peak time where it's almost Super Bowl fever time. Well, it's actually Super Bowl fever already. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, shout out to the NFL if you guys watch. Uh, I know you guys are probably all big Americanistas fans. Um. Shout out to Canada Villa too for that goal. Hopefully, uh, I wonder what that guy's doing. I think he was, I think he's a broadcaster at this point. I don't know. Shout out to everyone watching this too who who joined us on the live stream. Um, swag Swag Luigi zero eight. Uh, 
asking us to shout us shout them out. Shout out to everyone actually, really who who joined the the, the broadcast today. Um, let us know your thoughts and initial reaction about uh, about this Pumas game. What do you guys think? The, the results going to be. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter. I left the Twitter handles down there in the description down below. Follow me, follow Dylan, follow the the, the podcast itself. We are on, uh, we're definitely on uh, Twitter. Uh, for those of you who can't catch the show all the time on Tuesdays, don't worry. We're on iTunes. We're, de- uh, we're on SoundCloud as well. So for those of you who kind of have to uh, maybe miss half of the show or can't really make it on Tuesdays, uh, don't worry. You guys will have all that stored and uh, available for you guys as we are on those platforms as well. So um, anything else you want to add to the Pumas preview matchup? Um, no, not to the Pumas preview matchup. Just something I want to correct myself on that I was wrong about Um, that uh, kind of like irrelevant. But um, I had said that Romero did not make the bench against Querétaro or Pachuca, but he did make the bench against Romero. Just kind of want to give nobody um, – I just clear that up that I was uh incorrect about that and just wanted to make it right now. All right, yeah, no problem. Thank you for that correction. Um anything else you want to add to no no, you said no. Sorry about that. Um all righty. Well, I guess I'll uh the last thing I'll add is um it's a classical. America you I think it's important that uh they know, you know, we got a result last year. I mean, uh, in the apertura against them, it was not the best result. I mean, the best performance towards the end, but we got that result. We want that. We want that, and we want them to continue that form uh, in the Clásicos. Um, it's going to be a nervy game, like I said, but, you know, do not get discouraged. Um, I think the best result here is definitely a draw. I think me and you can agree that a draw would probably still be a pretty decent result, walking out of Seul. But, of course, you want all three points because... You have Tigres, you have Monterrey knocking on the door. You also have, I think, uh, what, Pumas themselves, uh, Cruz Azul. Um, so, you know, it's kind of want to start off early pretty good. Yeah, we're just, let's hope we start off the same way we did against Pachuca, like you said, but we play at the full 90 minutes. Uh, minimize the mistakes, too, as well. That's the number one thing in possession football. Yeah, yeah. The most important part would definitely be hold on to that ball. It, it make them chase it. Don't be the chaser at this point. Uh, hopefully, Miguel has that down. But the 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 team looks looks happy. They they look comfortable. Uh, Henry Martin still looks hungry and he looks motivated. So every time you know you see him on the training pitch or you see him post something, it looks like he's definitely very determined to to shine in this team. Which you know I think everyone could be happy about that. Um. Anything else? Um, oh yeah, uh, quick shout out also to Ronaldinho. Very, uh, very sad in here at the Eagle Eye Podcast to hear that one of the greatest, uh, I think, players of all time. Maybe he won't be remembered like that for for some time now. Uh, but I think uh, a player that definitely changed the game um, and really brought a lot of youth into the game. Um, you know, made it quote-unquote cool in a sense and and um i think he i think i speak for many people around our age that uh that really love the game i think uh saw this guy you know on youtube or in real life or you know on the tv and you know kind of fell in love with with what he could do on the ball 
Yeah, and I also think um that Nike ad campaign where uh, they gave him a. I think that that was the first video that ever hit a, a million views. Yeah, yeah, just, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just him uh, juggling the ball, and then uh, you see him like kick the ball and hit the crossbar, and you know that that's just that's the first thing I always remember Ronaldinho about because that was my first saw of him was that video, and it's the first video that hit a million views on YouTube too as well. It was like the coolest thing to watch um, in the library when you were in elementary. <laughs> yeah, and I'm serious. It it really so. was because they they. At that at that point, YouTube was barely coming out, and uh, the school didn't know how to block uh, websites just yet. Um, so it was cool. It was definitely cool to see that. Um, I'll always that memory will always happen. Um, I will always remember Ronaldinho for the times he absolutely uh, just destroyed us. I mean, he had a knack for making America's life a living hell. We played Barcelona in the Club World Cup. Um, unbelievable performance from him. We lost 4-0. To this day, Ochoa still wants his revenge. Uh, we'll never be able to get it properly. Um, the times he played a friendly match with us in uh, for AC Milan, when he was playing AC Milan. Um, so... Uh, and the times he, he when he when he obviously came to play for the league and he played for Querétaro, how he you know humiliated us in our own field, like just ridiculous. But you could never really truly be mad at the guy for uh, just doing what he did best, and that was bring joy to joy to the screens and joy to the people. And and he really demonstrated that. And um, you know, granted, you could say whatever you could say about him and you know, his party life and, you know, his life outside of football. But as a footballer, I think he will always be remembered for uh, one of the best players ever. Yeah, especially one of the greatest Brazilian players ever, too, you know, right there next to Pele, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And many people will think you're crazy and for saying that and or, or whoever says that uh, only because, you know, he was not as decorated as Pele was. Um, but let's not forget, Ronaldinho won a World Cup. He won a Ballon d'Oro. He won the Champions League. He won the Liga. Uh, damn it. You know, I think all he needed was the he, Liga. I, I, you know, I think um, besides besides the club competitions, you know, because obviously he didn't play in like uh, every league. I think he's won everything that you could win. Yeah. Pretty much. I, yeah. I think if, if uh, yeah, that camp, like Champions League, the World Cup, Club World Cup. I mean, he, he's he's yeah. won everything. Aside aside from like league cups, you know, like that, he's he's won everything that that's there. It's ridiculous. He's also has a Copa Libertadores. Does not forget. I mean, yeah, and I, a and a Copa America too. Yeah, the guy is decorated to the max. I mean, you know, granted all of that. I mean, aside, he's he's still. I mean, like Ronaldinho. Yeah, I mean, like you know, yeah. I I wouldn't say necessarily like better than Pele, Pele because you know um, Brazil declared Pele national treasure, so you know all the all the European clubs that were coming for him, you know, always got turned down because Pele was not leaving Brazil, you know. So Pele is always known to play for Santos. Besides, whenever he went to the New York Cosmos, yeah. You know what 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 could have been of Pele? You know, if Pele actually went off to to Europe. You know, it's just something that you could sit here and probably talk about think about you know for for forever 
Definitely. So huge shout out to Ronaldinho. Um, would have been cool to see, like you said. But I think those are two different players at the end of the day. Um, but it would have been cool to see what Ronaldinho did. So shout out to him. Uh, shout out to another one of our viewers, uh, Maria Alonso, who uh, who's out out there following us today. Uh, again, to every single one of you guys uh, located here or wherever you're located, really, that are tuning in, uh, not just on you know the live feed, but also for those of you wa- uh, listening to this on SoundCloud or iTunes, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for tuning in and 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 you know growing and being part of this family. Uh, on one last note, a uh, huge shout out to a uh, Mr. Landon Donovan for uh, landing in Mexico, playing for Leon. Now officially announced. Uh, wow, what were your thoughts when you when this actually came up uh, to be true? You know, you see the what Leon, Leon Leon was doing, you know, and then it ended up being just the jersey that they came out with, and so I'm like, like it's just like another the marketing thing, you know. Yeah. Day. And then the next day, you see it like, oh yeah, Atlanta's gonna come play for us actually. So I'm like, what the hell? Like, like this guy's coming out. Of- retirement again i mean like i'll i'll watch this guy a little bit you know since about maybe you know but i mean like this guy was is going down as one of the best united states players of all time oh yeah definitely definitely yeah and so yeah so you know it's it's just it's just weird you know at 35 too you know you see leon pick up a 35 year old you know it's just it's just it's interesting to see how much he can produce and like what he can do for the club too as well maybe 35 but i think he still has a couple of uh tricks up his sleeve hey i mean i take cuatomo blanco and i think he's what 42 43 i can't remember i think so huh i don't know i I take him back in heartbeat though Get him out of retirement. He doesn't need to be in the in in office anymore. <laughs> yeah, in politics, yeah, man, it's crazy. <laughs> Let him do the quote to me. Just one more time. Just one more time. Yeah. Uh, one day we'll have to sit here and talk about Quinto Blanco and his shenanigans. Yeah, dude, we'll definitely do that. We'll definitely do that. Yeah, we'll talk up about a separate podcast. You know, maybe on maybe on a different day. Maybe after the season, after the tournament's over, whatever yeah. happens. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, for those of you who have, uh, well, he's actually forty-five. Someone just, uh, Mighty Alonso, just let us know. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, for those for those of you who want a good laugh, a good kick uh, out of this whole Landon Donovan thing, f- uh, go follow uh, Cosmo, the Cosmo from the LA Galaxy, the the mascot. Absolutely, just funny stuff. Uh, on his Twitter about Landon Donovan signing with uh with Leon and you can see Leon's mascot looks like he's staring at him like he's about to eat him or something. So um so any of you guys who want a quick laugh just go check that out there. Um that pretty much wraps it up for us today. Um anything else you want to add for uh for for our listeners? Um no I'm I'm good. Good as gold. Good as gold and gold as we know is the color of yellow or well definitely well i guess gold is his own color but still in the eagle eye podcast gold is the significant color to yellow um again uh, we want to thank every single one of you guys for tuning into this show tonight uh wherever you guys are listening from uh we thank you guys don't forget to follow us on twitter don't forget to you know subscribe to us whether it be through youtube uh soundcloud or itunes we will get you guys covered for everything coming up in the league 
Um, yeah, really not much, nothing to add. Hopefully, uh, you know, Americanistas, let's hope out for the best. Three points against Pumas would definitely be amazing. If not, uh, I definitely take a draw away from that. So I want to thank you, Dylan, again, for coming on to the show. Like always, great to have you here. Uh, and, you know, if I could, I'd give you the number one uh, co-host uh, podcast award if I was to have that with me. Oh, thanks, man. It's my pleasure always to you having me here on the podcast like that and us being able to get together and uh, make this happen, you know, be part of the community that's growing, Sean. Absolutely. Definitely growing in this Liga MX English community. Hey, if anyone knows of an English Pumas uh, podcast, let us know. Uh, maybe we can do like a little better or something for the matchup. If not, uh, I guess we can wait for another Clasico. Um, yeah, again, uh, lastly, uh, you know, thank you for everyone who tuned in today, everyone who's tuning in uh, uh, every week. Uh, thank you guys. Follow us on Twitter. We'll get you guys covered for everything and uh, tune back in next Tuesday just to hear our shenanigans and kind of have a recap of everything that happened in the Clasico Capitolino. It's episode three of the Eagle Eye podcast. I hope you guys have had a wonderful, wonderful time. I know we have. And uh, at the end of the day, hopefully you guys have an amazing week. We'll catch you guys on Sunday through our live Twitter feed. Uh, we'll let you know exactly who's going to be taking over at that point. Uh, but without everything, with all that said, I think, uh, you know, have a good night and uh, we'll see you guys next time. So thank you.